listening to the Blanche J Radio Network. La ciudad se llama Duke, Nuevo México el estado. Entre la gente mafiosa su fama se ha propagado, causa de una nueva droga que los gringos han creado. So everybody knows, everybody knows that's been listening to this show for a long time. Everybody knows that I'm obsessed with the Breaking Bad. And I'm obsessed with the, the character of Walter White. I, I call myself the Heisenberg of, of broadcast radio. Because what I loved about Walter White and that character, I think the, the, the greatness of Breaking Bad and The Wire, those two shows, what they do is they actually they get into the metamorphosis of how a regular person becomes a completely soulless, amoral spawn of Satan because they have they have insurmountable odds and the person just goes all in on evil and they said that we're going to survive by any means necessary. So or Breaking Bad is Walter White has cancer. No money to leave his kids, has terminal cancer. Really no money to leave his family. Has been a, a teacher, underpaid, a chemistry teacher. Underpaid his whole life. And he decides that, hey, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die with a pile, with a pallet jack of money. And so he goes from, you know, the first time they kill someone, him and Jesse, they, they kill someone, they have someone in the bathtub. And it's difficult. Like, they're getting nauseous while they're cutting up the body and all of that. By season four, he killing everybody. He's blowing up. He's blowing up an entire nursing home by season four. It has no, it's got killing kids, poisoning kids. Has no, no conscience at all. It's the same thing with The Wire. My favorite character on The Wire is Michael in season four, the, the, the year where, where they really focused on the schools and the kids. And this ain't Abbott Elementary. It's one of my favorite shows. New show. You got Michael. He's hanging out with Snoop and Chris. By by the end of season four, he's got the 38 special, and he's and he's out on Pacer Street in Baltimore. And he's killing people. He's just he's a straight up killer. 13, 14, emancipated, got his own house, working for Marlo, working for Chris. You ain't never going to see a shooter. He's in shootouts with Omar. And he goes from being a regular. You see the metamorphosis with, with where he's with Randy and, and, and Daquan. And the rest of the crew. They're hanging out in the streets, goofing off, doing what teen, young teenagers do. But he goes from that to where he's with Chris and he's in the he's in pastor seat and he's doing drive-bys at age 14 which I just find to be amazing that you can see the, the coldness in, in Tristan Wilde's the actor, the coldness in his face and in his cadence. It's, it's, it's amazing. Brief story. Talking about breaking bad and, and cartel and violence, man, I, I always have a funny story. I never told this on air. Um, I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with the Mexican border as well. Rather it's Nogales, rather it's Colexo, 
rather it's Tijuana. I remember going to Tijuana back in the day when it was much safer to go there. You have the cartel there, and it's it's always been interesting to me. And this isn't a bash Mexico. Um, I've I've when I lived in Phoenix, I had a lot of friends that were from Mexico. I had a lot of people that worked for me at Blue Cross that 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 had uh, that were born in Mexico. But I was always obsessed with the with the cartel element. I think I've told my story. I was I think John Gorman was on the show. I told him my story about being on East Hastings Street in Vancouver. Or I was up in Vancouver and I made a left turn into an open air drug market. Like we were talking about the wire, like Bunny Colvin on the wire season three. And it's like the souls of the damned. There are literally thousands of people cascading into the streets. People are literally shooting heroin up in Vancouver. And they traffic all of their drugs and prostitution and all of the bad activity. They traffic it into like a five square block radius, six square block. So they put all the bad stuff in the same neighborhood. They say, hey, you can you can do as much drugs as you want. As long as you don't do anything violent, you can buy drugs. You can you can do prostitution. You can do whatever you want. Just don't let it go outside of East Hastings Street. So that's where all of the people that are drug addicts that flock to Vancouver from all over Canada and they go and they shoot up. They have they have uh, they have doctors that are there. They have places where you can get clean needles. They have HIV treatment. They have counseling. They have all of that stuff. Back to Mexico. So I've been obsessed with from watching Breaking Bad. I'm obsessed with the Mexican border because it's just like. You mean if I go on the other side of that border, cartel is going to hit me. I'm not safe. So I'm in if I'm in if I'm driving by the fence in El Paso and I can see Juarez from the fence, you're telling me if I go on the other side of that fence, even though I can see America from there, my life is perhaps in danger. And that was just very interesting to me because I've been to, I've been to Mexico, I've been to these border towns. I've been to Nogales. I've been to Rocky Point. Rocky Point has great beaches. You go down there during the day. You go down there with a group of people. You're pretty safe. But then, but then, I gone to Rocky Point a couple of times when I lived in Phoenix. And if you don't know what Rocky Point is, there's an inlet area of, I guess is the is the it's not the Gulf of Mexico. It's the inlet area of like the Baja California. And there's a beach that's about 50 miles south of the. It's a it's a Baja beach. I guess it's technically the Pacific, but it's it's an inlet of the Baja of California. And it's 50 miles from the from the border between Arizona and Mexico. So it's a lot closer than going to L.A. or San Diego and people from Phoenix go to the beach. And it's very inexpensive to go. You can go. You can you can get all of your, your alcohol, get a nice hotel room, a nice suite. You take your. Your spouse there, you take your partner there, you even go there with just a group of friends and you're on a resort and their beach is there and, and the food is fantastic. And you could go and have like time of your life. You go for a weekend, live it up like 175 bucks. And so I went there a couple of times. Then I saw an article, 22 bodies found Americans in one of these Mexican border towns. They don't mess with people on the resorts, but as soon as you step off of that resort territory, you're 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 out there with cartel. You're out there with people that think differently. So my story about cartel, as we get to the break, 
one of the many times that I'm moving across the country because Lance J moves across the country all the time. I talk about in my in my career that that I don't wait for promotions. I don't have time for that. I've moved from Nashville to Seattle, Seattle to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh to Arizona, Arizona to Nashville. So I've come full circle. And one of the times I was moving across country, I was driving by El Paso. And I knew that it was dangerous to go into Juarez. But my Seattle mind is like, well, I've been to border towns in Seattle. I talk about going to Abbotsford and, and some of these towns around Vancouver. And I'm like, well, hey, I'm not going to go into Juarez because that's where, where the bad guys are. But I remember I was at Fort Hancock, which Fort Hancock is where Andy Dufresne on, 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 on Shawshank Redemption, he went into Mexico when he escaped. He went into Mexico through Fort Hancock. I was at Fort Hancock, and there's a little itty-bitty border town. I think it's called Pradaxis G. Guerrero. So I went, I said, you know, I'm kind of curious. Maybe I'll go over there and grab some lunch. Cause this is this is this is 70 miles east of the El Paso Juarez border. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to this little border town. I'm gonna grab me some lunch, look around, take some pictures. It's only a couple of miles into Mexico. It's broad daylight. And I get to I get to the area where where the where you go in and, and show your passport. Now I should have it should have been a red flag that there wasn't nobody coming in through Fort Hancock. So there were no cars. I was the only car that was there. There was nobody coming in America from Mexico at that station. There was nobody coming into Mexico from America at that station. And the guy that was at the the guy that looked at my passport, he said, Well Mr. Lewis, I'm just gonna be honest with you. You have a passport, so I can't stop you from entering Mexico because you have a passport. But he was like, I'm strongly recommending as an officer of the United States that you do not cross the border into Mexico. I was like, okay. He had me. Is Once he said that, I was like, all right, I'm not going. But I was like, I'm very curious. I was like, why do you not want me to cross the border into Mexico? What 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 is the issue? Because this, I just want to go into this town. I can, we can see it from here. It's only like a mile and a half into into Mexico. I want to just go over there and grab some lunch and come back. He's getting more and more disgusted with me, with my with my ignorant American background. And he said, he said, sir, if you go into Mexico with that car, he was like, there's a very strong chance that you're going to have, quote, an unpleasant experience. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a Yui. I'm not, I'm not gonna go. So don't worry about it. You sold me. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm stupid, but I'm not dumb. But I was like, on my way out, can you explain to me what the unpleasant experience would be? And he said, and I'll never forget this. He said, if you go over there in that car, he said, it's very highly likely that cartel is going to kidnap you or perhaps you'll end up murdered and tortured. And so I was like blown away. You know, I, I, I make a U-turn and, and I go down. I'm on I-10 going east. And then when I got when I got to the place I was going for that night, heading back east from, from one of my many West Coast moves, I looked up that area because I thought that because I was far away from Juarez that it was safer. They actually called the area 
east of Juarez in Mexico at the at the at the Texas border. They actually call it quote Murder Valley. It's even worse there than it is in Juarez. I found out like they had they had a they had so many drugs and the and the cops were involved in the drugs allegedly. And so many murders and so many drug mules and people crossing the 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 Rio Grande and all of that stuff. In that town that I wanted to just kind of have some lunch at, there had recently been a new mayor that came to clean it up and they literally killed this person and stuck her head on a fence post or on a statue in, in the downtown of the city, uh, the cartel as a, as a warning to what happens if you, if you mess around and that, and that's my story about the, uh, about the cartels. It's like that's Mexico. I'm not, I'm not knocking Mexico. I'm just saying that you might want to be safe and be careful when you're going into countries outside the United States. Lance J show. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. When I'm not doing the health cast, I consult for many startups and ACOs who are new to the healthcare business. Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with an experienced risk adjustment team that cares about results and building partnerships. With the largest health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, Episource aims to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration.